Lord, we just thank you that you are the God that can break chains. When we think of chains, they're pretty strong, they're pretty powerful. But Lord, you're stronger than any bondage that we have in our lives. Lord, you're greater, you're mightier, you're more powerful. And Lord, there's not one in this room that doesn't have some chains in their lives that need to be broken. And Lord, I stand here in your grace and mercy and I ask that you would break them today. Today would be the line drawn in the sand. Lord, that people can leave here from the freedom, in freedom, that people can leave their uh, uh, strongholds behind. Lord, whether we often think it's just maybe addictions or sin, but Lord, it can just be a mindset. Lord, that you need to change, that you need to break. Sometimes it can just be attitudes, Lord, that you need to change in us. You need to break. So Lord, we declare in this place freedom today freedom for everything that binds us. We thank you for the cross because on the cross you did it for us. It's already been done and we just need to claim it and accept it and declare it in our life. And Lord, if we need to declare it again tomorrow, then we will. And if we need to declare it the next day, we will. If we need to take hold of it, and accept your forgiveness tomorrow and the next day that we will because you're a God of grace and you're a God of mercy. And Lord, I just want to stand here in thanksgiving and say thank you. Thank you that nothing is too difficult. Thank you that you've done it for me and you'll do it again. And thank you, Lord, that you're going to do it in this house and the people in here. And Lord, we pray it for the people outside the walls of the church this morning. Lord, in the streets as we sang this morning, in our families, Lord, we ask for freedom. Freedom in our surrounding areas, freedom in these streets, Lord. You are their God who gives us hope <laughs> that nothing is too difficult for you. And we will continue to pray, we'll continue to believe and declare that you are the God of breakthrough. So Lord, I just stand here in thanksgiving and say thank you that you will continue what you began in this room today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you have your Bibles with you, turn me to 1 Peter 3, uh, 8 to 12. 1 Peter 3, 8 to 12. Entitled it, The Power of Togetherness. Power of Togetherness. 1 Peter 3, verses 8 through to 12. I'm reading from the New uh, Living Translation. If you have another version, that's fine. Uh, we just use that one just because it's uh, easy to read. 1 Peter 3, 8 to 12. Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. And said, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. And he will grant you his blessing. For the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his ears are open to their prayers, but the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. Well, this morning I'd like to speak to you 
on the power of togetherness and how important that is uh, that we work in this area together, that we might be the church that God wants us to be. I believe like many other pastors in this Lakeland region, as well as you here in this church, that you're believing for a coming awakening, a revival, a moving of the Holy Spirit. We'll see many people come to faith, get saved, healed, delivered, transformed by the power of God. And we want that as a church, and we welcome everyone in our region to join us, and we welcome those who are joining us online as well, believing that God has greater things for all of us. With that in mind, there are some things that God speaks to the church about that we might be in that position to receive all that he is wanting to give to us. And I believe we need to be a hosting place because I believe that's what God wants of this church, to be a hosting place for what God wants to do. And I really encourage you that you would join me, and I believe that you are joining me and believing God for that, that we would literally be a hosting place for what God is going to do in these days. And for us to be a hosting place, then we need to be open to what God wants and need to be open to what he's speaking into our lives, what he's wanting us to do. And one of those things that I really sense that God is wanting to work on in our lives is in the area of togetherness, coming together, working together as a body, and making sure that we're operating the way that we really should. And uh, we as a church, you know, we're, we're believing for numbers of people to come to Christ. And we are seeing uh, uh, our church growing again. And, uh, you know, we've been, uh, we just finished setting up chairs right now. We've got about 275 chairs uh, that are set up, but we still got lots of more chairs we can bring in here. And, of course, that means you're going to be real close. But that's what we want to see. We want to see more and more people uh, join us and be a part of what God is doing and uh, come to faith in Jesus Christ. And so if you're new here today, we want to welcome you to be a part of what God is doing in these days. Now, as numbers increase, there will be some things that we're all going to need to adjust uh, in our lives and uh, even in our relationships and how we respond and how we treat uh, one another. Uh, and basically, there's a truth here. If we can't uh, be together now with the people God has given us, how could we ever be together if God starts bringing in more people? And, and so it's something that we need to learn to, to be together more and, and to, uh, to work towards that so that we can welcome all those that God wants to bring into this house and into the kingdom of God. And that's kind of a principle that, you know, the Apostle Peter was trying to get across here in this passage of Scripture. And it's uh, a necessity for the church of that time and certainly remains a necessity today. And I really believe that God is wanting us to look at our own togetherness, that we might continue to, to work on that, that there will be a harvest of new people coming to this church. And I guess a question we could ask ourselves is, are we ready to welcome the new people that God will be bringing? That's a good question to ask yourself. And that's why I would also like to encourage you to, to go to that movie uh, that'll be at the theaters, The Jesus Revolution, because that was the problem. The church wasn't ready for what God was doing. And, and so a lot of them didn't get received. But that one church that the story is about just multiplied and multiplied over and over because they prepared themselves and they started to correct things that they might receive all those people that God was bringing in. So a great, great movie to watch. 
Anyway, we've been doing a number of things trying to encourage a greater togetherness from social times, game nights, prayer time, messages, study groups, fellowship after services, and even the short time where we uh, encourage people just to get out of their seats or try to welcome uh, one another, just try so we can get to know one another, that we can form a greater bond uh, together. And I know, you know, in our busyness today, it's really hard to get to know people, so we like to try to provide some things to encourage us to get to know one another more, to appreciate one another uh, more, and, and all those things, and be a church that's more together. You know, we want to be that church that cares about people, that respects and values uh, people. Um, that Again, that there'd be a togetherness that we would host the move of God that God, God desires to do. And so with, with that in mind, I just want to look at this passage here in 1 Peter that uh, he, he looks at a few areas that will help us to, to strive to be more together and, and to work together for the greater good uh, as we look at some of these things that he encourages us to do. And so I'm going to just start off there. The, the first area that P, the Apostle Peter addresses for the church is that the church needs to be of one mind towards one another. First uh, Peter 3.8, it says, Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Now, please note that he's saying all of us, all of us, to be of one mind, for all of us to pursue harmony in the church, to pursue upon agreed and important goals in the church. And when a person asks, well, what is the most important mission or vision of any church? And uh, you'll probably find in everyone's visions or mission statements, uh, they usually refer to Matthew 28, 18 to 20, where Jesus says, Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And, you know, the priority of every church is to preach the gospel. The priority of every church needs to be to preach about Jesus. That's what's important. And, you know, as we were singing that song here today, so very, very important because Jesus Christ is the answer that our world needs. There's a lot of people searching in our world today, and they need to come back to that place where Jesus is indeed that answer. And he is. He is that answer. And so as a church, we want to be proclaiming Jesus. That needs to be number one desire, number one goal, number one thing where we're all together saying, yes, that's where we're all together. We're going to be make sure that we preach Jesus Christ and uh, make ourselves a hosting place uh, where Jesus can move in our midst and touch people and minister to people. And, and we want that. We want to be that when you're in this church uh, that you would feel uh, God moving in, in our midst. You would feel God touching you. You would feel God speaking into your heart and into your life. We, we want that to happen right here uh, in this place. And so it's important that we come uh, together and we be of that one mind that those things would happen. Now, of course, we all have our opinions and, you know, what church should be like, you know, what we should do here, what we should do there. Uh, we have likes, dislikes, um, ideas about way things should be done, ideas of things, how we don't like they're being done. And, uh, you know, there's things in the church that can really, you know, be, oh, I just love that so much. But there's sometimes there can be things in the church that can irritate you as well. And so we need to be aware of that. And what the Apostle Peter is trying to get across to us is that, listen, you got to get that focus right. That focus needs to be on Jesus. 
That focus needs to be upon reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That focus needs to be to provide that atmosphere for where God can really work in our midst. Now, that doesn't mean that you, know, that you give up your individuality, but it's simply that you're giving grace to others for the better good of the whole church. That's what helps us to be together. And, you know, I realize that's not always easy. And, you know, the larger you get, the more people you get, it'll become sometimes even more difficult. But again, we need to remember, let's keep the focus on Jesus. Let's keep that focus of getting that gospel message out there. Let's keep that focus that we make this a welcoming place, a place to host the presence of God and for people to meet Jesus here. And that's what really is important. That's what we want to, you know, a one mind. We, that has to be a priority, a must. You know, I, I realize things don't always happen towards our liking. And, but if we can agree on the important stuff, like presenting the gospel and reaching people, uh, being a place uh, to host, it'll create an atmosphere of togetherness of which we need to move forward and to welcome what God is doing now and what he's going to be doing in the future. And, you know, as a pastor, I, I've been noticing that, uh, personally, I think we've been doing a lot better job of that, uh, especially I, I kind of had a spot in mind from since December hit uh, right on through that we've just been making greater efforts to know one another, to understand one another, uh, and, and get to know one another better. And, and so I've been seeing that. And so let's just keep working on that. Just keep making that better. Uh, that we might be of one mind of having peace and harmony in our church because that togetherness does draw in people that people want to be a part of good things. And so something to keep in mind there as well. And then secondly, in creating togetherness, the Apostle Peter talks about our need to sympathize with one another. First Peter 3, 8. Finally, all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other. To sympathize is trying to you know, understand one another. See where people are coming from. And, of course, that can involve feelings of sorrow, compassion, grace, uh, happiness, all kinds of emotions there as we get to know people and what's going on in their lives and identifying with people's cultures, identifying with people's backgrounds. And, and that's something we need to put an effort into. Uh, you know, because God is bringing us people from every walk of life God is bringing us people of every nationality. God is bringing us people from every culture. And, uh, you know, we need to learn about each other, learn our backgrounds about each other, that we, again, that we might work together. And, uh, you know, as we look around here in our own church, you'll see uh, lots of backgrounds, lots of cultures, lots of nationalities, uh, lots of different life experiences. And God is bringing us and wants to bring us together for that common good of reaching our world for Jesus Christ. But to do that, we need to learn to sympathize with one another and get to know one another and, and let our hearts ache for what their hearts ache. Rejoice when people are rejoicing, mourn when people are mourning. So people's experience in life is a big factor in understanding them and gives us a whole new perspective to sympathize with them and give grace uh, to other people. And I can tell you, even in this church, there, there's hundreds of stories in this place from beautiful upbringings and, you know, everything was great, everything was wonderful, to the exact opposite where life was hard, life was difficult, and lots of sorrow and pain and abuse and all those kinds of things uh, that have happened in life. So you have the whole gamut 
is really here in this congregation, whether you realize that or not. And we'll have to do another testimony uh, Sunday where you can hear some of people's stories. You may not realize, but it's becoming very commonplace uh, to talk to people about abuse, uh, physical, sexual abuse, tragedies, sickness, death, murder, depression, addictions, drugs, suicide, financial crisis, marriage crisis, family crisis, trauma, witchcraft, and that's on a weekly basis. There's lots of things happening uh, in and around us. And if we only knew the circumstances of everyone right here in our own church, you know what, there'd be a lot more weeping that we'd be doing as we'd be weeping for those who have gone through difficulties and hardships and, and, and gone through experiences that they never should have gone through. Uh, if you only knew the, all the stories here, I can tell you, we'd all would be weeping. But there's also good stories here, too, where, where people's lives have been changed and people's lives have been transformed. And, and it's good to rejoice with those people and hear those stories as well. But symp uh, to sympathize is, is basically you're learning both those sides. Uh, you get to sympathize with what's happening in people's lives, good or bad, and that we come together, we support one another, we encourage uh, one another. I know, you know, the, uh, myself as a pastor, there's lots of times I do feel overwhelmed as I hear people's stories. And uh, I, I know before I was just saying, God, I don't know what to say. I, I don't know what to do, God. And I just keep hearing them say, just introduce them to me. Just introduce them to Jesus. And it's one of the reasons I love that song they sang here today about uh, Jesus, because he does. He can take care of all those problems. He can take care of all that pain. Uh, he can break the chains that, that bind so many of us, no matter what it may be. Uh, God can break those chains through Jesus Christ. And so I'm comforted to know that Jesus is still the answer, no matter how big or how small a problem may be. And so we want to, you know, continue to, to encourage that, to sympathize with one another. We don't want to go to the other part where we become critical of people or, you know, have a different opinions about people. We need to get to know people, listen to their story, uh, because I can guarantee you there's always a reason why people act or respond the way they do. And, and so get to know that. Get to know that so you can sympathize with them and what they're going through or where, they have, where they're coming from. And I know that, you know, we've been doing good in that area as a church, too. We're, we're trying to do that. We're trying to reach out to hurting people. We're trying to rejoice when people are rejoicing. We're trying to be sorrowful when people are sorrowful. Uh, we're trying to come alongside them and walk beside them. And that's what we want to do as a church. We want to walk beside people and help them through that journey of life. And a place where we can have better understanding and sympathy and offer help or compassion, support, whatever is needed for what people are going through. And if we really want to be a church that reaches our world, I want to tell you something. God has more people coming. And you know what? As those people come, they're going to have problems. They're going to have difficulties. Uh, they may rub you, you know, the wrong way or, or whatever. Uh, but you know what? We need to be sympathetic towards them. Learn about them. Talk to them. Under, you know, get some understanding of where they're coming from. And welcome them, because I really believe, you know, this church is not large enough for what God really wants to do. I know as I come in here and pray of late, I've been coming in there, and I just feel like these walls need to be pushed out. These walls need to be pushed out for what God is wanting to do. So to create togetherness, we need to get to know one another. We need to sympathize with one another and what people 
are going through and where they're coming from. Then thirdly, in creating togetherness, we need to love one another. Again, 1 Peter 3, 8, finally all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. You know, it seems kind of strange when you read the Bible that the Bible is talking to the church about love. Well, the reality is, is sometimes the church does not do a good job in the area of love. Sometimes they give a wrong message. The message is supposed to be about the love of Jesus, but sometimes that can get messed up. And so even in the Bible, we see that it's written where the apostles have to tell a church, hey, you got to get back to this part of love. You know, you got to get away from all our opinions, our likes, our dislikes, and, uh, you know, and losing sight of what's important. What's important? Jesus is important. Reaching people is what's important. And, and, you know, there's been enough misrepresentation of the love of God by churches throughout the ages. Uh, there's been divisions in churches and battles over control, battles over likes and dislikes. And, and the Bible is very clear to us in speaking to the church. says, look, if you don't have love, you got nothing. You've got nothing. And so it's so very, very important that we continue to love one another. That brings us together. As God's people, we are called to love one another. And as a church, we're especially called to love one another. We're to have a deep affection for one another. We're to be tender-hearted towards one another. We're to treat one another as family, as brothers, as sisters. And, and you know, for those that have grown up in the church, you'll often remember that we used to, when you used to go to church, you didn't have to worry about people's names because you just say, hey, brother, how you doing? Hey, sister. How you doing? You didn't have to worry about names. But that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be like brothers and sisters. That doesn't mean you can't have a squabble once in a while, but that as brothers and sisters, you get past that, you get over it, and we just start loving on one another. And that's what we need to be. We need to be family. And that, that was part of the reason when we named our church Bethel Family Worship Center, we wanted to be a place where people could feel that this is family. And we welcome children. As you see, there's lots of children as they went across this platform. Well, we want families. We want children. They are special to God. So we need to be tenderhearted towards one another, humbling ourselves before one another, preferring others above ourselves. And if we want to be this church where God is going to send more people, then we need to be a church of genuine love, where we care about one another and we, you know, Encourage one another. We're there for one another. And uh, I know that's something that as a church, it is important to us. And we are working on that. And we want to see it more because we really want people to experience the true love of God. So let's keep working on loving one another, making that a priority here in our church. And if we have things against one another, then we need to deal with it. You need to stop playing around with that. We need to deal with it, get back to treating one another with respect and love because God wants us to be a loving church that we might be able to receive all the people that he's going to be bringing into our midst. So a loving church will be a church that stays together, works together, works through things together like good families should. And so it's another area that makes good togetherness. And then lastly, to create togetherness in a local church, we need to bless one another. It says here in 1 Peter 3, 9 and 10, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate when insults, when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. 
That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. For the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. To bless is to speak good up. To bless is to ask divine favor on another. To bless is to speak words of encouragement and words that build people up. To bless is to lift up and praise others. To bless is to speak words of favor over another. It could even involve evolving actions like volunteering to help somebody or giving them a gift or giving them money or whatever uh, along those lines. But God has called us to be a people who bless. As churches, we are called to bless. And we need to make that our normal, that we are a people that choose to bless. Now, as we've been going out to uh, Good Fish and having uh, prayer meetings out there, we wanted to make it very clear as we started that, that our motto was going to be, we are here to pray blessing. We're not here to say, oh, this is wrong out here, and, and that's wrong out there, and, and this thing's happening, and this thing. No, we're here to speak blessing. And, and that's what we've been doing. We've been really catching ourselves to make sure that we keep that focus, that we speak blessing over that community when we gather there to prayer. And, uh, you know, interesting this week, I was doing another funeral this week, and uh, I did this gentleman that left behind uh, eight kids. Eight kids are left behind. And as I finished the funeral and we were uh, going to the grave site, my wife had texted me and said, you know what, I, I think you need to speak a blessing, a father's blessing over those eight kids. And, and so as I thought about that, I said, yeah, I can still do that. I can still do that at the graveside. And I did that. I, 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 I took some time and I said, I want to speak a blessing on these eight children that have lost their father. And, and so I did that and I prayed that. And surprisingly, when you know, that we were all done there and all finished up and people were leaving, a gentleman came up to me and he said, Pastor, could you speak a blessing over me? Friends, there's a lot of people out there, they want to hear words of blessing. They're tired of hearing all the criticism and all the this and that that's happening and all the bad news. They want to hear something that's going to uplift them, something that's going to encourage them. And we need to be that. You know, we don't want to be speaking curses over people. You know, we don't want to be speaking evil over people. We don't want to be wishing harm over people. Rather, we want to start speaking words of blessing. And, and I think we need to be doing that in our town as well. As it gets a bit warmer, I think we'll need to do a prayer walk again downtown. And again, just to start speaking blessings over our community, not criticizing our community or talking about all that's wrong with our community, but start speaking blessing. And if we would start doing that wherever we live or wherever we go, or even as you drive home today, just speak blessing uh, over everyone that is around you. See, there, there's more than enough things to, uh, you know, talk about out there that aren't so good. Uh, but start speaking blessing. Start speaking blessing. Words of blessing. Words of hope. Uh, you know, that's what people want to hear. Coming alongside people. Walking with people. Uh, praying with people. Uh, blessing them in every way we can. You know, and if you kind of say, well, I don't know what to say when it comes to a blessing. Well, just pull out your Bibles or, or mark it on your phone. Number 6, 24, 26. That's the priestly blessing, one of the best blessings that you can pronounce over anyone. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. You know what? A lot of people want to hear that blessing being spoken over their lives. And 
you know, there's lots of ways that we can do that, and God's expecting us as a church to speak blessings, to speak blessings over one another, speak blessings over our community, speak blessings, uh, not to talk about all the things we don't like, but to start speaking about the things that we want to see happen, start speaking blessings and togetherness over us. So may we continue to do that. Be a church that blesses. May we get to that place where people start knowing us and say, hey, you know, if you want a blessing, you, you need to go to that church. Or you need to talk to some of those people that go to that church because that's a church or that's a people that want to speak words of blessing over you. So I really encourage you to do that. That really helps with togetherness as well. Now in closing, you know, I believe these are all areas that God is wanting us to grow in as a church. Now, I'm not trying to say that, you know, churches are perfect or that even we as a church are perfect, but we are a church that is striving towards that which is good, and that's what God desires. And, and, you know, personally, as a pastor, I really think we have a great church here, and there's a lot of great togetherness that's happening here, but let's keep working on it and preparing even more because God's got more people coming. You know, there's a lot of new people here today that have never been here before. There's a whole lot more coming. We need to ready ourselves for that and be ready to do these things that we might be together. And let's pursue that uh, one-mindedness on the things that really are important. Let's continue to strive to know one another, that we can sympathize uh, with one another more. Let's start pouring out love on one another. And, and let's start speaking words of blessing over other people. I'll tell you, if we would start doing those things, it'll naturally draw more people into this place. And as we pursue it together, there's also a blessing that comes away because God says, if you would choose to do these things, I myself will bless you. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to bless you. He really does. And so as we take those steps to bless others, God's going to take the steps to bless us. And that's a wonderful thing. And listen to what he says in the, the closing part here. 1 Peter 3.12, The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. And his ears are open to their prayer. So as we make sure that we work together, we come together, God sees that. And God says, I'm going to watch over you. I'm going to be listening to your requests and listening to the desires of your heart as you cry out to me in prayer. That's a wonderful blessing that we all should desire and want, that God is listening to us and wanting to bless us and respond to all those requests that we are making. So as we work at togetherness, God's blessing starts to flow over us where we ourselves start getting blessed. And so I just want to encourage you to do that. We want to make this a hosting place for what God is going to be doing and is doing and that we might welcome everyone who would come into this place, that we might see our whole region turn to God and also our nation. You know, again, I don't think these walls are going to hold what God wants to do. But as we do our part and we work at being together, we'll, we'll see these walls go very far and reach many, many people. God is doing some neat things today. We need to be ready as a church to be welcoming those that are going to be coming in. And they have been coming in. You know, a few weeks back, there was 15 new people. Uh, last week, there was nine new people. I, I think today... Uh, since we had all those from Edmonton and this baby dedicated, we're probably around 25 or so. But God is bringing us people. Welcome them. Love on them. Get to know them. Sympathize with them. Because God is wanting to do a great, a great work that's far greater 
than anything we've ever imagined or thought possible. And so today, I just want to encourage you, let's keep working on togetherness because there's a lot of power in togetherness and it helps prepare us for the harvest that God is going to bring into the church. And so, Father God, I just thank you that you are a God that desires to do good things. I thank you that you're a God that is drawing people. You're drawing people, Lord, even to this place. And, Father, as they bring them to this place, we want to make sure we do our job and that we present to them you, Jesus, because you're the one that you're drawing them to yourself. And sometimes you'll use a church to help in that regard. And so, Father, we just pray, help us as a church, Lord, to be open and to be receptive to all the people that you're going to bring in that are going to come and join us and, Lord, going to be a part of this great last day revival to touch our world. And so, Jesus, we're just asking, help us, Lord. Help us to be the Jesus that we need to be to the people that are coming into our midst. And, and Lord, we also pray that as we go out into our world, that, Lord, we will continue, Lord, to be the people that you want us to be, that we will reach out, that we'll sympathize with us, we'll listen to people. Lord, Lord, we'll encourage people. Lord, we'll love on people. Lord, we'll start speaking words of blessing over all the things that, Lord, are, are going wrong in our world right now. God, help us to get that focus back to start speaking blessings. Blessings will change our world. And so, Lord, we're just asking that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. <laughs>